Church. Thanks for listening in. We exist as a church to connect people to the heart of God and to a family within the church. And we believe that Jesus is the way. We hope this message blesses you and gives you hope today. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good, good. I like it. It's a good crowd in here. Uh, I almost sent Fitz back up here and just finish out the rest. What a good, a good time so far. Uh, I was going to say my name is Marius, but I like Big M better. So I'm going to go with, I'm Big M. How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. Uh, y'all, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you joined us for the one and done July 4th weekend. Uh, so uh, we have a little bit more time to hang out with you guys, and I'm excited to spend some time with you guys uh, together. But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Marius. I'm originally from Germany, so if I sound a little different or if I'm not from around here, uh, I'll try my best to throw a y'all in for you guys here and there. Um, but uh, I'm from, born and raised in Germany. Uh, I was in church all my life, uh, but I kind of lived a double life. You know, I had my church friends and I had my, my school friends, and uh, I was never fully committed to God uh, until I moved to New York. I moved to New York City when I was about 19 years old, uh, worked for a ministry up there, and just uh, started being fully committed to God and uh, chasing after God's plan, not my plan. And that's where I met my wife, Jess. Uh, we started dating in New York, got engaged, and then uh, we were asked to move down here to, to help join the Dream Center. So about seven years ago, almost to the date, uh, we moved down to Arkansas uh, to join you guys. I mean, y'all, sorry, sorry, y'all. Just make sure y'all tracking. Uh, I, I want to join y'all here uh, seven years ago, and I got to start at the Dream Center helping the, the boys, second and fifth grade boys, teaching them some things, hanging out with them, getting to know them. And uh, I've been there for seven years now, and it's been amazing to see how we can partner with Fitz and where the Dream Center came from, from where it was to where it is now. Y'all hear this too? Is this just me? Okay, there you go. Uh, but it's been such an amazing journey, and uh, at about the same time we came down here, uh, New Life Church started talking about planting this downtown campus and uh, Jess and I got to kind of st help start the campus. We were youth pastors back then. We we're doing the youth stuff and then uh, at some point we were doing uh, the surf stuff, some home team. Uh, now we're hanging out with the, with the young families but also with discipleship and it's been such a blessing to get to be here for this long in downtown area, loving on the communities, loving on you guys and it's just a blessing. Right, Y'all hearing this feedback too? Is it just me? I'm doing anything wrong? All right, okay, we're good. Uh, maybe I'm hearing things. But I want to show you a picture of my family. If you don't know my wife, Jess, and my, uh, my daughter, Riley, they're the joy of my life. You see Riley running around here somewhere uh, doing stuff. Um, and then the next picture I want to show you guys is actually not my dad, but it's Tommy's fish from last week, everybody. What an amazing catch. Wow. I just thought like we had to show it one more time, Tommy. It's just, what a catch. Uh, this is absolutely nothing to do with my sermon or anything with me, but show it one more time. Why are you taking it away already? Show the f ah, what a time. Come on, give it up for Pastor Tommy in the back of the fish. I just thought we had to show it one more time. Uh, Y'all, but uh, summer at downtown has been such a good time. Yeah, keep, keep putting it in there every time. Uh, summer at downtown has been so much fun. And, uh, you know, we want to build your faith and give you practical advice this summer. And uh, we've done a, a combination of testimonials and wisdom. Today we're going to unpack some of our wisdom principles and, and, and proverbs. Uh, but, you know, I want to review real quick for you guys. Last week we had Pastor Tommy talking about uh, forgiveness and getting back up and the perspective from the prodigal son of what the things he did right. And even though life can get tough sometimes and we make the wrong choices, we can always get back up and come back. Um, and then before that, we had, we had Pastor Robert Upshaw talking about fatherhood and legacy. That was an amazing time on Father's Day, talking about what it means to be a real father, a real man, and to leave a legacy behind for your kids. 
And before that, we had Pastor Bronson with the, the sermon title was Wisdom Builds the House, part one. And uh, this started us off in the Proverbs series of unpacking some principles for our lives that we can apply every day. Um, but this summer, I want to read to you guys Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in, va- in, in vain. And our heart for the summer for you guys is this right here. Wisdom builds the house, both for us as individuals and as a collective. We want to build homes and a church where God is pleased to dwell. This is why we're doing this series. We want to see homes and churches where God is pleased to dwell in. And today my sermon title is going to be very original, guys. It's going to be called Wisdom Builds the House, Part 2. So I didn't want to come with anything, so we're just keeping it simple, keeping it straightforward. It's going to be Part 2. Um, and we're about to have uh, Finley read the scripture of the teaching text for the day. Uh, but I've seen a lot of you guys, some of you guys have been in church for a while, and you have this hesitance when we're reading the scripture, because we read the scripture, and then we say, this is the word of the Lord. And a lot of you guys want to say, anybody? Thanks be to God. That's it. All right. Good job, everybody. All right. Listen, uh, today I'm going to give you guys this, this space to do it. All that means is that we're doing, after the teaching text, we want to, th- A, say, this is the word of the Lord. This is from, this, from God's breathe, his God-inspired word for your life. And so this is the, the word of the Lord. And then we're thankful for it. Even though it might convict you, even though it might hurt to read some of the things and be con- confronted with something, we're thankful for the, the word of the Lord in our life. So after this, we're going to give you the chance to respond with thanks be to God. But Finley, you want to go ahead and read. We're going to be in Proverbs 3, 1 to 6 in the NLT um, uh, translation. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Uh, This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ah, I killed it. All right, let's pray real quick. All right, dear God, thank you so much for this time. Uh, Thank you just, uh, uh, we get to be here today, this morning, gathering together freely. And we're so thankful that we get to come together as believers to unpack your word, to go through your scriptures and what you've told us before and how can we make that applicable for our own lives. So we we ask you right now, did you be with us this morning? Did you help us learn, help us to not just take things from our mind, but also for our actions. So we're so thankful for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, I'm German, and uh, when you grow up in Germany, you basically get uh, blessed twice because you have two churches you go to. So I had a state church. That was my, my Lutheran Protestant church. It's like an old building, uh, pretty old school stuff, you know, the hymns and all the, the basic stuff. But also my parents took me to a non-denominational church that was ran by an American pastor who was doing things a little different. Uh, so I, I got the American influence pretty early in my life. Uh, but it was so uh, interesting to see the contrast of both of those churches. And uh, one part that was very different was the confirmation. Has anybody heard of confirmation before? I've heard even that Catholics maybe do that too, maybe. I'm not sure. We're going to dive into it together. Y'all tell me uh, how this works for you guys. But uh, confirmation in my church, in the Lutheran church, was this. When you turn 13 years old, you have to, kind of, you're supposed to, but you have to sign up to become confirmed in your faith. So you go to your local old church. You walk in. It's all old and I've never really been there. Um, but then you sign up for a whole year of classes. 
So every day, less like with school year, you'd come in on, like, I think it was a Wednesday or a Friday, you show up, you do your things, you get a, a little topic we unpack, we learn some things, but then you also get homework. And you know you don't want the homework from a church if you're growing up and you already have homework from the school, but you have to, like, uh, you have to I think, remember and be able to like, cite to your pastor t- 10 different things, like the Psalm 23, the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, a whole lot of scriptures. You have to all remember that and tell them, and then only then you can finally pass your test. You also go on trips together. Uh, you do like internships in the church, and it really was a goal to learn, to teach you all the things about the church. But the best thing about it was the final service. After the year, after all this learning and doing all this stuff, you get to have your confirmation service. So we went there, you got to get dressed up, I got my first suit for it, I, I was feeling good, walked in there, you know, we're doing the thing, they're reading the scripture, they bring everybody up there, and uh, you know, they do the service, they pray over us, and service is over, and the best part comes now. You get to walk outside, and you walk to your family, everybody was there, and they have to give you money. It was a thing, it, they, you walk out there and they give you envelopes, and you're like, thank you, thank you. You collect your envelopes, and I tell you what, that was probably my biggest paycheck as a kid growing up. That was, that was a fantastic day. And honestly, for some of us, that was the whole reason why we did it, because we knew there was money at the end coming our way. Um, but you know, sometimes in life we think, if we just know more, or we can cite the right Bible verse at the right time, or we do the right things, and we check off the right check marks, that we'll be better off. But I wonder if you ever found yourself thinking, if I just do this one thing, if I just do this one course, if I just attend this one uh, you know, Bible study, or if I do this one rehab, or if I do one of these things, then I'll be good. If I just do the right things, I'll get it right. But I think what we're teaching us this summer is that this is these principles we're t- telling you guys, it's not just self-help tips. It's not just motivational speeches. It has to be applied and has to be actually applicable for your life. So this is not just about giving you as more principles to just know and do, but it always comes down to the motivation of why we do things. So today we're going to look at our teaching text, but before that I want to tell you guys our print, uh, a little statement. So these principles that we're talking about are Jesus, these principles that Jesus lived out and should be part of our daily practices in our spiritual journey to become more and more like Jesus. That's why we're doing it. That's the motivation. Because the motivation as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to become more Christ-like every day. So if we want to become more Christ-like, we have to see of what did Jesus model for us to do, and how can we apply it for our own life. So again, I'm going to read it one more time, put it up one more time. These are principles that Jesus lived out. He did this for us. He showed us how to do it. We're going to unpack that in a second. And it should be part of our daily practices. This should not just be a Sunday morning thing you do or only when it's convenient for you. This should be daily practices that we're applying for our life. It should be part of our daily practices and our spiritual journey to become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal, guys, to become more and more like Jesus. So today we're going to look at our teaching text. We're going to pull out three principles out of the Proverbs. I almost said it wrong. Uh, guys, if I say Proverbs wrong, it's just my foreignness. I say Proverbs a lot, which is wrong. So just, uh, we're going to go with Proverbs. There you go. Um, but we're going to take out three principles, and we're going to look at how Jesus lived those out, and we're going to look at how we can apply them for our own life as we want to thrive to abide by them to become more like Jesus. But before we dig deep, I want to, again, remind, and Bronson's talked about this all the time, these are, not, these are principles, not promises. It's very important that we don't look at Proverbs and think everything that I do, if I do this everything right, I know I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to be happy and I won't have any problems in my life. It's not what we're talking about. These are principles and not promises. Proverbs is a book full of wisdom. And when we think of wisdom, we think about knowledge, head knowledge a lot of times. But the Hebrew word for wisdom is hogma. It means so much more than that. It means to action and skill applied 
knowledge. Knowledge is useless unless it's applied. That's what Proverbs is about. Knowledge is useless unless it's applied. The purpose of this book is to give you a set of practical skills for living well in God's world. The first one we're going to unpack is store God's commands in your heart. And we're going to be in Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Again, principles, not promises. How did Jesus do this? He was in the Word. We know from the Scripture that when Jesus was just a young boy, he already knew all the five first books of the Bible, the Torah, and he was actually teaching it as a young boy to others in, uh, in the church back then. So we knew he knew his Word. He knew the Scripture. He knew what was said before him. He was in daily communication with the Father. We see at several occasions that Jesus withdrew from the crowds. He withdrew from his disciples to spend one-on-one time with God, to pray, to seek solitude, to go even in the desert for 40 days to seek him first and to be close to him. He wanted to store his command, commands in his heart. And he's also surrounded by friends. And this is crucial for a lot of us. You have to be surrounded by friends that are God-fearing, that have God principles in their life to give you good sound advice. Jesus did this too. Jesus, in his, when, when it was time for Jesus to have his hardest task to go to the cross for you and me, he surrounded himself with friends. He said, come with me and pray with me. He grabbed his friends and wanted him close by his side to, so he can store God's commands in his heart because if he wouldn't, he might have decided to not do it. He needed his friends by his side. And this is the same for us, guys. We need to model our lives after Jesus and store God's commands in our hearts. And the two things that's going to help us here is repetition and proximity. Those two things is exactly what I just talked about. Jesus was in the Word daily. He knew what God was saying. It was repetitive. Every day we can open our book, and open the Bible and read. We can be close to Him and read His commands so we can store them in our hearts. Proximity, we're talking about spending time with God in prayer, to spending time with our friends and in conversation with our friends, we can talk about what Jesus is doing in our lives. That's how we can have proximity and repetition in our lives about God's heart. And if I want my daughter Riley, if I want her to know who I am, and what I want her to do, I have to be in proximity and I have to repeat myself. If I'm not around my daughter, guess what? She's not going to know me, right? That's very simple. So I have to be close to her. But also, if I want her to do what I want her to do, I need to repetitively tell her, don't do this. Don't do this. And parents know how this works. It's going to be a very, very repetitive a lot of times. But it's the same if you flip that around to God. If we want to know what God's heart is for our lives, guess what? We have to be in proximity. And we also have to be repetitive about it. We can't just say, I'm going to pray once, I'm, I'm good, that's it. You have to be repetitive about it. Now, why should we learn God's word and store his commands in our heart? This is in verse 2. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. And remember, this is, not a, this is a principle, not a promise. That does not mean that Christians will not suffer. It actually, in the Bible, it clearly says that we as Christians will face trial and tribulations. We will have hard times. But the difference is that if we have God's commands in our heart, that we will not suffer alone. We will not go through the storm by ourselves, but we will have him on our side, strengthening us and giving us the hope that others don't have. That's the big difference between us. The principle is this. If you learn God's ways, you will learn the path of life. He's the author of life forever. That's the principle. We need to know this in our hearts. Store God's commands uh, in your heart is number one. Number two is be loyal and kind. Proverbs 3, 3 to 4, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around the neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor for both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. 
I told you guys I moved to uh, America when I was 19 years old, so you can imagine that I wasn't particularly rich at the time. So I, I, I did a little work before, I graduated high school when I was 18, did a little work at the warehouse, made some money, and then I went on a, on a, on a world trip, and uh, I ended up in New York, I had a certain amount of money, I spent four months in New York, and then I actually backpacked from New York to San Francisco, uh, where I pretty much blew through all my money pretty fast. Uh, it was so bad at the end, I had a, oh, I could only eat, a, I was staying at a hostel in San Francisco, and I could only eat pancake mix for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that was my food for like five days. Uh, so I was pretty broke at that point, but I felt like God was calling me back to New York, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I want to do the thing. I'm going to do it for one more year, but I already knew I didn't have no money, so I ended up, I ended up moving. I, I ended up committing to God, and uh, while I was in New York, I loved it so much, and I felt like God was really working on me and, and calling me to, to stick around, uh, so I came back again, uh, but the whole time I was there, I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid for 22 months. I looked it up from the beginning of moving to New York, living in New York City, doing ministry, and I did not get paid for 22 months. And that means a lot of times there was ramen noodles that we ate, we made some hot dogs in the microwave and had some, my roommate and me like shared like a creamy corn <laughs> can together. Uh, it, it was not pretty at times, but it was interesting that through the loyalty to God and I, as he was working on me, he was showing me that if I stick close to him, he'll provide for me. And it was crazy because it wasn't always just money. Like I know everybody's like, oh yeah, you got money from people. Yeah, that's part of it. It was part, but it was more than that. It was people letting me borrow their cars. It was uh, relationships and people let me stay with them. It was amazing to see God show up when we're loyal to God. And he showed up for me. I know he shows up for you. Because loyalty and kindness reaps a harvest of favor. Loyal, I'm going to say it one more time. Loyalty and kindness reaps a harvest of favor. And on the topic of loyalty, I looked it up, and I have some stats for you guys. 37% um, of the U.S. labor uh, force changed or lost their job in 2020. That was just two years ago. It was a lot of change. 37% is a lot. The average American worker has 12 jobs through a lifetime. U.S. workers have an average tenure of about 4.1 years with a single employer. Now, raise your hand if you got that beat right now. If you've been at the same place for 4.1 years or longer, raise your hand. I got a few, okay. Sweet, yes. So y'all are more than average. I'm proud of yourself. Give, a little, give yourself a little shoulder, shoulder tap. Y'all did it. Uh, listen, it, that's, that's an average. That's not the norm. So loyalty becomes more and more less important for people and less of a value. I know you all know the best basketball player in the world in history is obviously Dirk Nowitzki. You know this. I know you know this. But I don't know what's so funny. <laughs> wasn't a joke, guys. Yes, we, us Germans, we love Dirk Nowitzki. This is all we got. Um, yeah, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, though, he stayed with the same team for the 21 or 22 seasons, I think. 21. That's a lot. That's 22 years with the same team, with the same employer. Now, look at the NBA right now, if you like it. Um, there's not a lot of people that stay with the same team for a while. I think Steph might be up there, and that's, I don't know who else I can think of right now. Loyalty is coming less and less a theme in the world, but us as Christians have to have loyalty in the front of our minds because Jesus modeled loyalty for us. Jesus is loyalty. And that with the jobs, I know that sometimes, you know, the personal situations, I don't know all of them. And sometimes it's time to leave the job. I'm not saying you should stay at your job regardless of how bad it is and whatnot, but I'm just saying as a principle, as Christians, we need to model loyalty and kindness to, to, to those around us. Jesus lived out a life of, of loyalty and kindness. It's not just a, good, uh, a feel-good principle or a fun tagline. It's who he is and who he wants us to be, loyal and kind. 
if you look at Psalm 23, you start off, it talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. And I want you to go home as a homework, uh, read the rest of the Psalm. Psalm 23, if you don't know it yet, it's, it's amazing scripture because it talks about this very component. It talks about how God is loyal to us and he's kind. And that's it. at the principle of who he is, he's loyal and kind. He takes care of us. He gives us all we need. If we need a break, he gets us to the waters and lets us rest. If we are in a deep uh, shadow, in the, in the shadow valley of death, he will be there with us. He's loyal and he's kind. That's who he is. And this is one scripture part where you can see it. But all throughout the Bible, if you look at it, you can see that loyalty and kindness is right who he is. That's our God. He is loyal and he's kind. And now it's hard for us sometimes because we only have earthly examples of this. And a lot of you guys, we all have hurt in our life on loyalty and people being not kind to us. We're talking about bullying with the kids. It's crazy these days. We're talking about our own relationships and loyalty. We only have earthly examples, but we have to remember that Jesus Christ is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is loyal to you and he won't leave you, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of the examples you have in your life from your family members or for your relationships. He is loyal and he is kind and he will never leave you because that is who he is. He is loyal and he is kind. And as Christ's followers, we need to become more like him, even in this area. I know this is not the funnest area to be uh, um, kind to everybody all the time, but it's a principle that God lived out for us and that we need to become more like him. Store God's commands in your heart. Be loyal and kind. The last one is trust the Lord and seek his will. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When was the last time that you had to trust God? To really trust him and not lean on your own understanding. When is the last time that you really had to believe what he said is true for your life? Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Man, this is huge when we make decisions. And in life, you'll be faced with a lot of decision-making. Every day we have to make decisions. Every day we might have smaller ones and bigger ones. My wife and I, we had to decide that we, are we going to move or not to Arkansas. That's a, that's a big decision, right? So in that process, when you make a decision, we got to remember that it, it, seek his will in all you do. In everything. It doesn't say in just what's easy for you or what's convenient for you. It says in all you do, seek the will of the Lord. That's the way how you respond to people. That's how you make decisions. In everything you do, seek the Lord. I remember for me, this is a principle I learned. When I was in New York, I told you guys I moved there. I was broke. I lived there for a year. And I was like, I'm, after this year, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to do me. I'm going to get my German education. I'm going to get my German nice car. I'm going to get me a house. I'm a family. I'm going to do my regular German self and I'll be good. And I was like, I can do one more year of helping people, and I'm, I'm out of here. But in this time, God really convicted me. And I think in this time, God revealed to me, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord wander through the earth, strengthening those who are wholeheartedly committed to him. Wholeheartedly committed. And right there, I remember I was on the East River in New York City, looking at the whole skyline and all the opportunity, all the money. And, and I was just reminded right there that it's not about what I want to do. It's about God's plan for my life. I need to seek his will. And here's the difficult part. I need to trust the Lord with it. I need to trust him that he's going to take care of us. And again, remember, I was not getting any money this time. And I, you know, started really like Jess and wanted to, you know, maybe marry her at some point. But how do you do that when you're broke? You trust the Lord. Right? If you trust in the Lord and you're in his will, God will provide. And, uh, and this goes for you too. It's not just for me. This is, this is available for you as well. It's not where you live. It's not who you're doing life with. 
It, it, no, it's not where you live, it's who you do in life with. You can be in the coolest city in the world and not be living relationally and missionally with others and you'll be miserable. So it's not about what you want sometimes, actually all the time, but it's what God has for you and God will guide you. He will be there for you. He's the loyal king in your life and if you trust the Lord and you seek his will, he will come through for you. And y'all, Jesus modeled this for us too. He modeled this for us by going to the cross for us. Let's look at the next scripture, Matthew 26, 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Guys, right there. That's trusting the Lord. That's seeking his will first, it, regardless of the cost. Jesus knew that I want to seek the Lord's will over my own will. Even though he knew exactly what was to come, exactly the pain it's going to cost, he knew the cost and he still wanted to trust the Lord and seek his will. Uh, I think a lot of you guys know Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Do you know who that is? Raise your hand if you know Bonhoeffer. I might say it wrong. Uh, I say it my way, but you know. He is German, so I get to do it with his name. Um, but he was a, a fantastic leader, Christian theologian, just an amazing time. And he was around when World War II was starting. So Hitler had just taken the power over in Germany and uh, somebody came to Bonhoeffer and said, hey, we need you to join our, the resistance group. Uh, we want you to, uh, I'm gonna buy you a house and I want you to train pastors there. It was like an underground seminary. It would have been so cool to be there, I think. But it was basically like 24 pastors that was in this house and Bonhoeffer was teaching them how to, how to teach their, their, their Christian um, uh, believers how to believe Christ and follow out God's commands in this crazy world. And somebody came up to Bonhoeffer and said, hey bro, you're doing too much. It's like people are giving us like feedback, like you're doing a little too crazy. It's too much, it's too intense. Why are you doing all this? this, is, this is, you're going too far basically. So Bonhoeffer took him on a walk and there was a little hill close to the house. They walked up there and on the other side was actually a training camp for, for Hitler's uh, troops. And there was a little airport and they were getting the troops ready. And you could see the troops marching in discipline. They were getting formated. They, they were in formation. They were getting ready to go to, to war and they were about to execute Hitler's demands and orders. And right there Bonhoeffer looked at that and he told uh, the guy that the church has to be stronger than this. The church has to be stronger than this. And it might seem crazy, it might seem in your life when you apply these principles to your life and people, uh, you're kind of people even if they're mean to you and you're loyal and you seek the will of the Lord rather than your own, people are gonna say that's crazy, that's too intense, but guess what? We serve the Holy King, Jesus. We don't serve the world, we don't serve a different king, we serve Him. And the church, the church needs to be stronger than this. And we don't have to be in war like in, when Hitler was around to know that this world needs our life. This, this world needs our light to shine brighter than ever. And as a church, as a church body right here, looking around, individuals, us together, make the church up, the people, we need to be stronger than this. this some, something's forming you. That's the, that's the principle. Something in this world is gonna form you. You can determine what it is. When we talk about spiritual formation, it talks about the convictions and your principles that you have. That's spiritual formation. So you can either let the world form you or you can let the Word and Jesus form you. That's your choice, right? And the process of what we're showing you is this is principles that you can apply to your Christian walk to say from here on out, I'm gonna apply this principle to my life to strengthen my spiritual walk, to become more like Jesus every day. And again, store God's commands in your heart, 
Be loyal and kind and trust the Lord and seek his will. Leave it up there for a second. This is, if we just talked about this knowledge, if it's just in your head, it doesn't help anybody. The challenge I leave you now is do something about it. What are you gonna do about it? Pick all three if you're really good, but hey, just pick one if you can't start with three. Pick one of these things and apply it to your life. For me personally, I know I can be more, more kind. I, I know I can be more kind in what I do, in the way I respond to my spouse, in the way I treat others when, they, when I disagree with them. I can be more loyal and kind. So that's what's going to be my challenge. But I wonder for you guys, where can you be more practically applying this pro, these principles in your life? Pick one, pick two, pick three. We're about to go in a, in a time of prayer and response. And I want you to use that time, not just to respond to what's happening in your heart, but also to make a practical plan for you to walk out here today and change something today. Not tomorrow, don't wait until Wednesday or as uh, July 4th, I'll be fine on Tuesday. You'll probably forget about it. Choose today to make a difference. So God, here's the questions Pastor Bronson always asks you guys. God, what are you saying to me? Ask yourself that question. What's God talking to you right now? What's he saying to you? What's he stirring up in you? And the second question is, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do about it? Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. I pray that this message that you just listened to helps you and assists you in your journey with Jesus. And if you wanna get connected in our church, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock.